Amen. Revelation chapter 12. And don't get too nervous because I'm not going to try to get into a lot of end time preaching today. Revelation chapter 12. We will begin with verse number 9. Revelation 12, beginning with verse number 9. Amen. Praise God. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. For the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. He knows that he's only got a short time. Hallelujah. Praise God. How many of you believe that? I, uh, you may not understand my title this morning, this afternoon. (laughs) Praise God. (laughs) Here in Montana. Um, you may not understand my title this afternoon until I get a little further into the message, but, but I want to, I want to talk to you today for a little while about the voice of victory, the voice of victory, praise God, we're going to win the victory, we're going to win the victory. Come on, somebody. We're going to win the victory. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Would you put your Bibles down? Would you ask the Lord to help us today? We need the touch of God in the remainder of this service today. Everybody, let's cry out to God. I need somebody to help me today. Come on, let's let's cry out to God. Let's ask God for liberty in this house. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, in your name. Lord, I want to be able to deliver the burden of my heart. I want you to use me, Lord Jesus, today. God, I want to feed the flock of God. Lord, would you grant to me anointing and unction? God, grant anointing and unction, God, to this congregation. Lord Jesus, we've got to have your 
like you. God, let the word of God have free course today. Jesus, we need you. Jesus, we need you. Let's praise him just a few more moments right now, everybody. Let's praise God. Let's praise God. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. I am calling on some of you good saints of God to help me this afternoon. Amen. We haven't quite broke through to where we need to be, but we got to break through. Hallelujah. We got to get there. So I'm asking you to say amen when you don't feel like saying amen. I'm asking you to shout hallelujah when you don't feel like shouting hallelujah. Well, praise God. We need God's help today. We need God's help today. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I don't think that I, uh, I don't think that it is necessary for me to say to the majority of this church today that we must be careful to never get caught up in the atmosphere of scoffing at the thought of the Lord's return. Amen. I know that there are many out there who laugh and mock when we talk about it being the end times. I know that there are those who say we've heard it all our lives and it hasn't happened yet. Amen. But for the church of the living God, we know that it is a reality and we know that he's going to be coming soon. Well, hallelujah, praise God. And I'm here to tell you that those who are scoffing at the Lord's return are actually fulfilling prophecy as they do it. Second Peter chapter 3, verses 3 and 4 says this. Knowing this, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, yes. walking after their own lust, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning so, of creation. And so Peter said, we know this, that in the last days there will be those who will scoff at the Lord's return. They're going to say, we've been hearing this all our lives, but nothing's changed, nothing's happened. But Peter also gives us some insight into why they're saying it. It's because they're walking after their own lusts. They don't want to believe the Lord's going to come. They don't want to believe that they're going to have to answer for their deeds Amen. Or stand before God on the white throne judgment day. Hallelujah. Amen. But I am here to say today that Jesus is coming. He is going to return. And I think it's sooner than any of us even realize. I think it's closer than most of us. Amen. Want to admit. I'm telling you I believe. Amen. That it's not that far away before the trump is going to sound. Amen. And we're going to be called out of this old world. Well praise God. Amen. Now, again, I'm not going to preach about prophecy today. That's not my intention. But 
While I'm on the subject, uh, let me just throw a few things out there for you to consider. There are some things uh, about the Lord's return that we have to know of a certainty. The first thing we got to know and believe is that he will return. Oh, hallelujah. First Thessalonians 4, verses 16 to 18. For the Lord himself shall descend from the heaven with now, a shout. Wait a minute, for the Lord himself what? Shall descend. For the from Lord heaven. himself what? Shall descend. Shall. Everyone say shall. I'm telling you, he shall descend from heaven with a shout. He shall descend from heaven with a shout. I'm here to declare to you the Lord will return. Amen. With a shout, with the voice of the archangel. And with the trump of God, and yes. the dead in Christ shall rise first. Right. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Yes. Wherefore, comfort one another comfort with these one words. Another with these words. I'm telling you, the first thing we've got to know is that he will return. Amen. The second thing that we know of a certainty is that no one knows the specific date of the Lord's return. Matthew 25 verse 13. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Amen, amen. Somebody, uh, I saw somebody had taken a picture of a sign, I guess in Branson at, at Sight and Sound Theater. Uh, if, if I understand correctly, next year their, 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 their drama is going to be entitled Jesus. And, and the, 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 uh, the, the billboard, the advertisement said Jesus coming next year. Well, hallelujah. I guess they've got insight we don't have, Brother Goff. I, I don't know. I don't know. Amen. Well, we don't know when he's coming. Did we read that verse, Matthew 25? And, and verse 13, watch, because you don't know the day and you don't know the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Amen. We don't know when he's coming. We just know he will return. The third thing we have to know about his return is that we should not be surprised when he does come back. Amen. First Thessalonians 5 verses 1 through 5. But of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. Yes. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. Yes. For when they shall say, peace and safety, then sudden destruction come up upon them. As travail upon a woman with child, they shall not escape. Right. But ye, brethren, but you, are, brethren not in are, darkness, are not in darkness. That that day should overtake you as a thief. Right. For ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Amen. That day should not overtake us as a thief. We shouldn't be surprised when the trumpet sounds. In fact, I'm going to tell you, I think we ought to get to the place we're surprised every day that it hasn't sounded. Well, praise God. Amen, amen, amen. I think, I think we ought to be looking toward the eastern sky every day, saying, even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Well, praise God. Amen. One more thing that we need to know about the Lord's return is that the devil has no doubt about the timing of the Lord's return. He doesn't doubt it. 
He may cause others to question it, but he doesn't question it himself. And I'm telling you, the devil knows when the Lord's about to return. He doesn't know the day, he doesn't know the hour, but he does know the signs. And he knows God well enough to know that everything that's recorded in this book is gonna come to pass. And he understands, amen, every warning sign the Lord laid out. Amen, so I want you to read again Revelation 12 and verse 12. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth. Woe to the, the inhabitants sea. of the earth. And of the sea. Yes. For the, for the devil because is, come, the devil down is you, come down unto you. Having great wrath. Having great wrath. Because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. Oh yeah, let me talk about this for just a moment. It appears to me that the shorter amount of time the devil knows he has, the angrier he becomes. Well, hallelujah. I believe as he looks at the signs, as he understands the things that are transpiring, the closer he gets, amen, to the coming of the Lord, the more angry he gets and the harder he fights and the more he throws things in our pathway and the more that he tries to come against us and discourage us and divide us and devour us. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching to you today. I said I believe the devil just gets more and more angry with every day that passes. Amen. He's angry that you haven't surrendered yet. He's angry that you haven't thrown in the towel yet. He's angry that you're in church today. He's angry that you're worshiping God today. He wants to bring you down. He wants to destroy you before the Lord returns. Hallelujah. Amen. I believe that he gets angrier with every day that passes. Every hour that brings us closer to the return of the Lord. I believe the devil just gets madder and madder and matter. But I want to ask you today, I wonder what would happen if the church would become more passionate with every day that passes. I wonder what would happen, amen, if in direct response to the anger of hell, the church would make up their minds, we're here and we're going to fight like we've never fought before. Amen, we're not giving up. We're not backing down. We're not going to shut up. We're not going to stop. Devil, you're not going to win. I wish somebody would get something in their heart that every day that you wake up, you say, I'm going to give it a little bit more today. I'm going to push a little harder today. I'm going to pray a little bit more today. I know the devil's matter today, so I am going to do something about it. Hallelujah. I believe, I believe that's part of the reason the writer of Hebrews said what he did in Hebrews 10 and 25. Not forsaking the assemblies of ourselves together, assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. Yes. But exhorting, one, exhorting another, one another. And so much and the more. So much the more. As you see the day approaching. And so much the more. 
and so much the more hallelujah if the devil becomes so much the more angry as we get closer to the Lord's return I think the church ought to have a mindset uh, amen that not only says we're going to be in church so much the more but I'm going to pray so much the more amen I'm going to witness so much the more I'm going to work so much the more come on somebody amen I think the church ought to get a hold of a resolve amen that says I'm going to read my Bible so much the more I'm going to worship when I get to church so much the more I'm going to give it more every day as we get closer to the Lord's return oh hallelujah amen amen now the devil He's angry because he knows that he has but a short time. And as a result of his wrath concerning the Lord's return, the scripture declares he's going to wage war against the saints. Amen. One passage, one passage deals with this specifically, Daniel 7, verse 25, read. And he shall speak great words against the Most High, and shall wear out the saints and of the Most shall High. Wear out the saints of the Most High. And think to change times and laws, and they shall be given into his hand until a time and times and the dividing of time. You know, I find it interesting. Amen. As we get closer to the return of the Lord, I know there are those that the devil is going to do his best to get them to drink, to get them to do drugs, to get them to commit adultery. But I'm going to tell you, he's got another tactic. Amen. He just wants to wear out the saints. He just wants you to get tired of fighting. He just wants you to get to the place uh, you say I can't hardly put one foot in front of another I just can't go any farther amen you may not uh, be considering doing something sinful you may not be considering throwing in the towel but I'm going to tell you what he wants to do he just wants to wear you out he just wants to keep your mind so perplexed he wants you to have so many little things nipping at your heels amen he wants to just stay on you as much as it can because he's trying his best to wear out the saints. Hallelujah. But in spite of the devil's fierce anger, in spite of his attempts to destroy the church, I'm going to declare right here, right now, that there will be some precious saints of God, that it doesn't matter what the devil does, they're going to win. They're going to stand their ground. They're going to make it. They will not wear out. They will not give up. Oh, I'm preaching today to somebody. I believe that there, amen, is a group of people that have got a resolve down in their heart that whatever it takes, I'm going to make it. Whatever it takes, I'm going to be saved whatever it takes I am gonna go to heaven hallelujah hallelujah amen in fact I believe this is part of why he gets more angry with every day that passes 
Read that verse that we all know so well, Matthew 16 and verse 18. And I say also unto thee, but thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build upon my church. Upon this rock I'm going to build my church. And the gates of and hell the gates shall, of hell not, prevail shall not prevail against it. You know what makes the devil mad? He's mad. Amen. That on August the 2nd, 2020, there's still a group of saints that are gathered at the truth church in Olathe. He's mad that there's even a church still here. He did his best to destroy us. He did his best to try to pull us apart he did his best to try to devour us but here we are devil we're still here there's still a church in this city there's still saints amen that are here faithful to God hallelujah I'm telling you this service that's why we've struggled today because the devil's mad here we are back at church again here we are still here still worshiping still loving God still living right still doing right and the devil hates it Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise God, amen, amen. I'm telling you, the devil wants to try to make a liar out of God. Amen. He looks at that scripture and he's determined. Amen. He's going to prevail against somebody somewhere. He's going to prevail against some church. He's going to shut some church down. Listen to me, saints of God. I'm telling you that hell is fighting against us every day that we get up. It's a brand new battle. But we're here today. We're here today. We're still living for God. We're still worshiping God. We're still preaching truth. This church will not be destroyed. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. The church is going to win. And so if we'll just stay in the church, then we'll win. Hallelujah. Now, now listen, saints. Listen. God has already told us how to prepare for battle. The Bible said that the enemy was going to wage war against us. In fact, the Bible says, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth. Amen. When the devil comes down, he has great wrath. No one he has but a short time. It's going to get bad. It's going to get bad. But you know, the, de- the, the Lord, the Lord has already told us how to equip ourselves for this battle. Amen. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18 read. 
Finally, my brethren, be strong, be in, the strong Lord in the Lord and in the power, and of, in his the power of his might. Put on the, whole, Put armor on the of God, whole armor of God that you may be able to stand so against the wiles you can of the devil. stand against the wiles of the devil. Listen, you're not going to be able to stand against the wiles of the devil if you don't have the armor on. But thank God, he gave us armor. He gave us what we need to protect ourselves in this time of battle. Read. For we wrestle not against flesh not and blood, wrestling against flesh and but, blood against but against principalities, against powers, powers, against the rulers of the darkness yes, of this world, yes. against spiritual wickedness in high places. Yes. Wherefore, take you, take unto you the whole armor of God. So he says it again, take the whole armor of God. That ye may be so able to withstand, withstand in, the evil day, in that evil day. And having done having all, to, done stand, all to stand. Stand therefore. Stand therefore. Having your loins having girt your about loins. with truth. Here he describes this armor for us. Uh, having your loins girt about with truth. And having on the breastplate on of righteousness. the breastplate of righteousness. And your feet shod your feet with the preparation shod of with the, the preparation of, of the gospel of peace unto all above all taking the shield of the faith the shield of faith wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked yes and take the take helmet, the of, helmet salvation of salvation and the sword of the and spirit the sword which of is the, the word spirit, of god which is the word of god praying always praying with prayer always and supplication with all in the prayer spirit. and supplication and in the spirit thereunto, and watching thereunto with all perseverance supplication for all i'm telling you we got to put on the whole armor of god and we've got to pray but if we'll put on the armor of god and we'll pray there's not one thing that the devil can do to destroy us. There's not one thing that he can do, amen, to cause us to quit. If we'll gird ourselves and equip ourselves with the whole armor of God and we'll pray, we can win. Amen. Hallelujah. But there's something else that we have to have. Not just to win, now, winning is great. And you know, if you win by one point, you still win. But I don't want to play. I, I don't want to play a game with my soul and live it that close to the line. So, Brother Nelson, I don't want to just win, I want to overcome. I want to be more than a conqueror. I don't want to just get to heaven by the skin of my teeth. I want to go marching through those pearly gates with my head held high and my shoulders squared back. Amen. My backbone stiff. I want to know I gave it everything I had. I want to be an overcomer. And we can. We can. Revelation chapter 12, going back to our text, verse number 11. Listen to this. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. They overcame. They overcame. Now this word overcame comes from a Greek word that means to conquer. It means to come off victory. 
victorious. Amen. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb. I'm here to preach to you today. Amen. The only way you have access to the blood of the lamb is through repentance and water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. You gotta be born again. Jesus said verily, verily, I say unto thee except a man be born of water and of the spirit. He cannot enter the kingdom of God. Am I preaching in it one God Jesus name apostolics today I'm telling you Jesus said you gotta be born of water which is baptism in his name you gotta be born of the spirit which is receiving the Holy Ghost amen speaking in other tongues now that's how we have access to the blood they overcame him by the blood of the lamb but that's not all. And they overcame the, him by the blood of the Lamb and, and by the word of by their the testimony. Word of their testimony. Amen. I'm going to tell you, amen, the, uh, we, we have to be born into the kingdom. We've got to have the blood of the lamb applied to our life. Amen, without that, we're not getting anywhere. But saints of God, I came to preach to you, amen, for just a few more moments today, amen, about the voice of victory. I want to tell you the voice of victory in your life is the word of your testimony. Amen. I'm here to tell you they overcame him not just by the blood, but by the word of their testimony. Knowing what God has done for you. Knowing where he brought you from. Knowing how he's kept you. Knowing how he's helped you. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, God has given us a, a testimony. And there's power to overcome hell in that testimony. Hallelujah. Uh, I came today just feeling this on my heart. Amen. That the more you vocalize what God has done for you, the less you are affected by what the devil is doing to you. Did you hear what I said? The more you express what God has done, the less you're affected by what the devil is doing. Oh, we gotta let this world know what Jesus has done for us. We gotta let this world know how he found us. Amen. How he pulled us up out of the muck and mire of our sins. How he washed us in his blood and filled us with his spirit. Hallelujah. If God delivered you, Amen. If God delivered you from anything, He can deliver you from every temptation that you face today. Brother Goff, the more I talk about what God did for me, amen, when he found me, amen, when I was out there lost, amen, when I was bound for a devil's hell, the more I talk about how he reached way down and found me where I was, pulled me up, set my feet on a solid rock, the more I know he'll help me today when temptation comes. He'll help me tomorrow, amen, when the attack 
comes, the more I remind myself and the more I tell others about what God has already done, the easier it is to believe that God's going to help me today and God's going to help me tomorrow. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. And I'm telling you, not only does sharing your testimony bring victory in your life, it brings victory in the lives of those who hear you. Well, I'm nearly done. Stay with me for just a few more minutes here today. Amen. The devil wants to constantly remind you of what you were. But I'm here to proclaim, uh, don't cower down in shame uh, over what you used to be. Rejoice uh, that you may not be all you want to be. But by the grace of God, you're not nearly what you used to be. Amen. He found you. He loved you. He saved you. You know, when I, when I taught, however many years ago it's been, from the book of Matthew, I pointed this out to you, but I just felt like bringing it back to your attention because it has been a while. I want to show you something about this man named Matthew who wrote that, uh, that gospel story in the New Testament. I want you just to listen for a moment. Mark chapter 3, because Mark and Luke and Matthew all tell the story of Matthew being called by the Lord into his service. I want you to listen, Mark chapter 3, verses 14 through 19. Listen to this. And he ordained twelve that they should be with him, and that he might send them forth to preach, uh-huh. and to have power to heal sicknesses, and to cast out devils. Yeah. And Simon, surnamed Peter, and James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James, yes. and the surname of Boanerges, which is the sons of thunder, uh-huh. and Andrew, and Philip, and Bartholomew, and Matthew, and Matthew, and Thomas, and, Thomas. and James, the son of Alphaeus, yeah. and Thaddeus, yeah. and Simon the Canaanite, yeah. and Judas Iscariot, which also betrayed him, they went into and house. Now, now, I just want you to notice, as Mark is listing these, he talks about Simon. Simon was surnamed Peter. James and John was surnamed the Sons of Thunder. He talks about these different ones. Simon was a Canaanite. James was the son of Alphaeus. But with Matthew, he just simply says, and Matthew. And that's it. No other comment. Nothing else said about him. We go to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 6, verses 13 to 16. Listen. And when it was day, he called unto him his disciples, Uh and of them he chose twelve, whom he also named apostles. Right. Simon, whom also he named Peter, and Andrew his brother, James, and Philip, I'm sorry, and John, and Philip, and Bartholomew, Matthew and Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon called Zelotes, and Judas, the brother of James, and Judas Iscariot, which also was the traitor. Yeah, so, so again, Luke, you know, he, he mentions Simon was, was surnamed Peter, and he talks about uh, James being the son of Alphaeus, and Simon being called a zealot. 
And Judas was the brother of James. And then Judas Iscariot, which was a traitor. But again, when Luke mentions Matthew in verse 15, he just calls him Matthew and doesn't say anything else. But when Matthew records this incident, I want you to notice the difference. Matthew chapter 10, verses 2 through 4, read. Now the names of the 12 apostles are these. Uh-huh. The first, Simon, Simon, who is also called Peter. Right. And Andrew, his brother, yes. James, the son of Zebedee. Uh-huh. And John, his brother. Yes. Philip and Bartholomew. Yes. Thomas. Thomas. And Matthew, and the publican. Matthew, the publican. The publican. That's not Republican. He'd only done it once. A publican was a tax collector. A publican was considered the lowest of the low among the Jews. And it's interesting that when Mark and Luke identified many of the other apostles, they gave us some background. But with Matthew, they said nothing about his history. But when Matthew is giving his own testimony. He's not quite so kind about it. He's not so cautious about it. Matthew didn't just identify himself as Matthew, as the others had done. But Matthew said, I was Matthew the publican. He and he alone mentioned his sordid past. I'm going to tell you, I don't believe it was because he was proud of the fact that he was a publican, but he was thankful that the Lord reached down to somebody that nobody else wanted, that nobody else cared about, that nobody else wanted to give the time of day. And Matthew said, let me tell you, I may be an apostle now, but I started out as a publican. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. In fact, now this, these passages are just, they're just listing the apostles. But let's go to the specific calling of Matthew. Mark chapter 2, verse 14. And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting on, at the recept of custom, receipt of custom. And said unto him, follow me. And he arose and followed him. Now Levi, Levi was his Hebrew name. That was his Hebrew name. Matthew was his Greek name. But here Mark says it was Levi who was the son of Alphaeus that was sitting at the receipt of custom. Again telling here was a man that had joined forces with the Roman government to abuse our own people. Here's a man that was a traitor. But it's interesting, Brother Jerry, it's interesting that they wanted to tell this story, but they used a name that wasn't common. It's like we don't want to point a finger at him. They're trying to save him any embarrassment. So they didn't call him by his Greek name. They called him by his Hebrew name. Luke does the same thing. Luke 5 and 27. 
And after these things, he went forth and saw a publican, publican named Levi yeah. sitting at the sitting receipt, at of, the custom, receipt of custom. And he said unto them, and follow he me. Said, follow me. Mark and Luke both used that Hebrew name, amen, whereby he was not really known. It was easy to just tell the story and let the readers think this is somebody else that the Lord is calling. But when Matthew tells this story, Matthew 9 and 9. And as Jesus as passed, Jesus forth, from passed this, forth from this, he saw a man Matthew. Named Matthew sitting, sitting at the receipt of custom. And he said, Follow me. And he arose and followed him. I'm telling you, the other writers, he may have been trying to save him embarrassment. He meant, but Matthew was not ashamed of the fact I'm not what I used to be. I want everybody out there to know whatever your past may be, whatever your history may be, I want you to understand the Lord found me when I was a traitor to my own country, when I was no good, when I was rejected, when I was a castaway, the Lord found me. I'll own up to it. I'll admit it. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now again, he wasn't proud of his past, but he was thankful that God had delivered him. Amen. In fact, I believe he used his past to reach others just like him. Let's go to Luke chapter 5, verse 27, and read through verse, uh, we, we read 27 a while ago. Let's read again, but read on from verse 27 down through verse 32. Read. And after these things, he went forth and yeah. saw a publican named Levi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now the, you got it. You know who this Levi is now. You know who Levi is. This is Matthew. He, man, he saw Matthew sitting at the receipt of custom. And said unto them, and follow said, me. follow me. And he left all, rose and, up. And, and here's him. what Matthew did. He walked away from that place. Amen. He gave it all up, Brother Chad. He said, I'm done with this. I've had enough of that lifestyle. Amen. I'm going to follow the master. He left it all, rose up, and followed him. But look at this. Read. And Levi and made, Levi him a great made a great feast in his, feast own, in his own house. And there was a great, there was a great company of publicans and others that sat down with them. But their scribes and Pharisees yeah. murmured against his yeah. disciples, saying, Why do ye drink, eat, and drink with publicans and sinners? Uh -huh. And Jesus answering said unto them, They that are all whole need not a physician, right. but they that are sick. Right. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners, sinners to repentance. Did you get what happened? He, man, the Bible says not only did Matthew get up and walk away from that receipt of custom, not only did he just leave the table behind, but he began to call others that were just like him. And you know what he's doing? He's saying if he did it for me, he can do it for you. If he saved me, he can save you. He filled the house. He had a great feast. He brought in many. Come on. If God can save me, he can save you. And those self-righteous scribes and Pharisees are condemning them for sitting and eating with sinners. But Jesus said, I want you to know something. Those that are whole don't need a doctor. I didn't come to call the righteous. I came to call sinners to repentance. That's in the story of Matthew being called to follow the Lord. Matthew, amen, is saying, I 
was a sinner, but he saved me. I was a sinner, but he found me. While others scorned the sinners, while others turned their nose up at the sinners, Matthew was busy drawing those very people because he knew if he can do it for me, if he can do it for me, he can do it for anybody. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. I really am almost finished today. I'm nearly done. I just want to say this. I'm here to say to somebody today when the devil comes around reminding you of your past. Don't hunker down in shame. Don't hide your face in embarrassment. Every time the devil reminds you of what you used to be, you ought to stand up proudly and say, yes, you're exactly right. That's what I used to be. That's what I once was. But that's not what I am ah God has had mercy on me First Corinthians 6, verses 9 through 11 read. Know ye not that the unrighteous unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not not deceived, neither neither fornicators, nor nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor nor covetous, nor covetous, nor nor waiting on the world to get there. All right, thieves or covetous, drunkards, revilers, or extortioners are going to inherit the kingdom of God. But read on. And such were some of you. Such were some of you. Such were some of you. But you are washed. You are sanctified. You are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus. By the Spirit of our God. Oh, hallelujah. I'm here to tell you, you might have been Jack the fornicator or Joe the drunkard or Jill the thief or Jane the reviler, but now you're a child of God. Now you've been washed by his blood, sanctified by his spirit. You're not what you used to be. Oh, let's stand and praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 I'm talking about the voice of victory. I I, I just felt like today that I needed to tell somebody that when you struggle today with some temptation, what you need to do is look back at what God has already done in your life and realize if he delivered you from your past, he can deliver you from your present. Oh, hallelujah. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. Amen. I'm here to proclaim to you there is victory when you give your testimony.
Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, you know, I, I got a different testimony than most folks. In fact, maybe a different testimony than anybody else here. I remember being at a huge conference many years ago and, and uh, I was sitting with Brother John Burgess and uh, we were really just kind of getting to know each other at the time. And they asked a question. Uh, whoever was behind the podium that day and this was probably 20, 30,000 people, I don't know, huge general conference somewhere was, the place was packed we were sitting up in the cheap seats and uh, they asked said, how many of you were raised in the church and Brother Burgess raised his hand he looked over at me and saw that my hand wasn't up he said you were raised in the church I said well yes and no my, my testimony is a little different I got in church when I was 12 but I wasn't in church till then and nobody in my family was in church until after I got into the church. So I got a little bit different testimony. But still, Brother Goff, I can tell you God spared me by saving me at the age of 12. God spared me from who knows what. I, I, I don't know where I might be had the Lord not chosen to save me at the age of 12. I might be an alcoholic today. I might be a drug addict today. I don't know. I don't know what kind of disarray my life would be in if the Lord had not found me. I don't have a testimony of deliverance from drugs. I don't have a testimony, amen, of deliverance from nicotine. I don't have that testimony, amen, but I do have a testimony. He's kept me through the years. He's helped me through the years. He's been there when I needed him. He's healed my body. Amen. He's led me through times of temptation and trial. I'm here to proclaim there is amen victory in your testimony. You need to remind yourself of what God has done. You need to remind amen sinners of what God has done. You need to share it with other saints. There is a voice of victory in the testimony they overcame him, not just by the blood of the lamb, but also by the word of their testimony. Hallelujah. I remember hearing a man tell a story. He was saved from a life of drugs. He was saved as a fairly young man, but a grown man but he was involved in a lot of ungodly things when the Lord saved him he was baptized in Jesus name filled with the Holy Ghost he became one of the most phenomenal soul winners and he was telling me one day he said you know he said I've gone through periods in my life especially as a young convert. And the devil would start attacking me. Man, he'd hit me from every side. He said, one day I had an idea. He said, 
the devil hit me with something. And he said, I just stopped. And I said, all right, devil. That's five people I'm going to go tell about what God did for me. And he said, the next time the devil hit him with something, he said, all right, devil, that's five more. And listen, he kept his word. He was determined. Devil, you're not going to bring me down. You know what he found out? He found out his testimony was the voice of victory. It didn't matter what the devil tried to throw at him. He was just going to turn it around. Amen. I don't know how many people he led out of lives of drugs and alcohol and all kinds of sin and ungodliness. And you know why? Because he found a voice of victory. He learned there was power in his testimony. And so every time the devil came around, rather than sitting around licking his wounds, Rather than sitting around saying, why me? He just got out there and found somebody else to share his testimony with. Oh, let's lift our hands. Let's talk to the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, I'm telling the devil is so mad he's so mad and tomorrow he's going to be even more angry and the next day he's going to be more angry so we ought to just get more and more passionate about sharing our testimony with everybody we can find you know I, I wasn't even thinking about this I wasn't even thinking about this uh, until just now it dawned on me you know we were supposed to have had a singing here a couple weeks ago whenever it was brother Jeremy Peace uh, you've heard me tell about his testimony and how God saved him out of false doctrine I, I really I get so sick of Facebook I get so sick of it once in a while I get on there I happened to get on the other day and he had this long post talking about how God had been dealing with him through his life and how God led him out of false doctrine and how he got baptized in Jesus' name, received the gift of the Holy Ghost, talking in tongues. And I thought, now, you know what? I wonder what would happen if every saint of God that's got social media, if that's what they'd use it for. I'm going to be honest with you. I get concerned when I see people who have got the Holy Ghost that don't want to say anything about the church. They don't want to talk about what God's done. They can talk about anything and everything else. But don't bring up the church. I'm going to tell you something. Whatever excuse you're offering, I'm here to tell you the real reason is you're just not thankful enough for what God's done. 
That's the truth. There ought to be, I'm telling you, we ought to flood. If, if you're going to be on social media, you ought to flood it with your testimony. I'm so thankful God filled me with the Holy Ghost. Come on, instead of arguing politics, Now there's others that I can see. I, I see the church puts up a post, they're going to share it. They're not embarrassed to let people know they're a part of the true church. I like that. I like that. That's the way it ought to be. Well, it got quiet on me all of a sudden. Praise God. I'm telling you, we need to understand. We need to know there is, there is victory in us sharing our testimony. And so what you really need to do, you need to find ways to share your testimony. You need to find ways to share your testimony. Well, praise God. I see people that go to Weight Watchers and put up before and after. I wonder what happened to some of you would put up a before and after. Before Christ and after Christ. Hallelujah. Praise God. I think Brother Weems would have to take out a full page ad just to fit the afro in there. Hallelujah. Praise God. I think we ought to be thankful for what the Lord's done. And we need to understand there's somebody out there that is exactly where you were. And what's going to lead them to God is you sharing your testimony. Here's what the Lord did for me. As I look back over my life and I think things over, I can truly say I've been blessed. I got a testimony. Come on, anybody feel that way today? Now there have been times I couldn't see my way through. But I'll tell you this, the Lord, he brought me out. And right now I'm free. And I got the victory. I got a testimony. Come on, anybody here got a testimony? I wonder if we could raise a voice of victory in this house. I wonder if we could thank God for where he brought us from. If we could thank God for where he brought us to. I know, I know we got to maintain social distancing and all of that. So I'm just going to tell you, do whatever you feel like doing right now. But I do think we need to do something to make sure the Lord puts this message down in our heart that we don't just walk away from this and forget about it. So if you want to come down around the front, you can put your mask on. If you want to stay in your pew, that's fine. But I'm just telling you, we need to take some time and thank God for the testimony we have.
You need to thank God that he saved you. You need to thank God that he found you. Thank God that he delivered you. Thank God that he filled you.